Well, isn't that sad that the uh, world, especially the white Christian world, just loves to believe sweet little lies? Folks, that's where we're at. That's where we're at today. And we're going to talk about the sweet little lies told by the rabbis of Judaism to all those people who believe that Judaism is the religion of the Bible, when of course we know it's not, and all of the garbage theology that has been uh, coming into the fore in these latter days. We're definitely in the end times, folks. And here with us today, of course, is Michael from Sweden. How are you doing, Michael? Hello, everybody. Yes, I'm doing well. I've been a bit under the weather for some time, but now I'm up and going. So that's that's good. So what I thought yeah. about, uh, it's very strange, because when you play the music before the show, I heard it, but during now, I didn't hear it. But really? okay, I know what music you play, <laughs> but... We thought this is something we talk about when coming to truth. It is a quote I, I found. It says that better to be slapped with the truth than kissed with a lie. There you go. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like the story of uh, the wife whose all her friends are telling her that her husband has been cheating on her, but she refuses to believe it. And she won't look at the evidence because, well, if it turns out to be true then she would have to do something about it, right? <laughs> okay? And people want to avoid confrontation at all costs, but, Michael, we're at a stage in our civilization where Christians have to stop believing Jewish lies. Yes, and I guess that's one of the, what do you say, if you, if you train an army to fight an enemy, you tell them about the strategy, the tactics, their weapons, and what they do, and they move. You can recognize them when you see them, as you yeah. don't. Yes, you don't fall in their traps. Otherwise, you fall in the enemy's traps. Yeah, and it, it's uh, it's really kind of what uh, what is the expression? Uh, oh, it's it's kind of a new word. Uh, the the people gaslighting. That's the word I'm thinking of. Gaslighting, where somebody constantly tells you lies so much that you start to believe the lies and that uh, they alter your reality <laughs> because you believe the lies. Well, that's the situation we, the white race, the Christian Israelites in the world are in today because we're constantly being gaslighted. And gaslighting means there's actually a conspiracy going on. It's not just the husband telling her wife lies, but now all of a sudden her friends <laughs> and her family are telling her the same lies, which makes it even worse, right? That's called gaslighting, folks. And that's where we're at. We are being gaslighted by Jewish propaganda day and night, day in and day out, and there's no end to it. So we have to put our foot down and say, no more. No more of this nonsense. So today we're going to examine various Jewish lies and how they are impacting us. First of all, uh, we want to talk about the crazy, absolute nonsense that the rabbis of Judaism, especially the Hasidic rabbis, are saying, well, there's the red heifer has been found in Texas. And uh, they claim that the red heifer is a sign of the coming of the Messiah and the building of the third temple. Well, we find that there's nothing in the uh, in the Bible about the red heifer or the third temple. You have to really stretch the truth to get there. So here we go. And from the forward, those Messiah is here signs popping up in New York, 
here's who is behind them. So the Jews are the rabbis of Judaism are trying to convince us that their Messiah is coming. We know that they won't accept our Messiah, the real Messiah. Uh, article by Lewis Keen from the Forward, and that's this year, June 23, 2022. Almost every night for the past few months, a nondescript crew of yeshiva brochures has fanned out across New York City, armed with nothing more than metro cards and buckets to stand on. Oh, the, the, the <laughs> instead of a soapbox, it's buckets. The following morning, the familiar visage of Rabbi Menachem Mandel Schneerson, the seventh Lubavitcher Rebbe, peers out at harried commuters from bright green signs hung in a few new places, usually on the back of pedestrian walk signals, below the picture of the man-turned-myth known to many simply as the Rebbe. The signs proclaim in no uncertain terms without qualification, quote, Messiah is here. Do you believe it, Michael? That their Messiah is here? No, they. Are, I believe they. They will never come into agreement with each other. Who is the Messiah? So they, I guess, isn't that someone also said that the whole Jewish people would then be the, their Messiah? Yeah, right. Exactly. Well, that, that's uh, instead that's, of one person. There's so much conflict among Jews themselves about how to interpret their own scriptures, not the Bible. Okay, because we know that Yahshua Messiah is the one and only Messiah, and that no Jewish Messiah will ever appear, okay? And he was not Jewish either. He was a Judahite. So we've got a, a real uh, knot of tangled uh, twine to unravel here for today's uh, listeners. So let's go... Uh, you've probably heard of the Red Heifer prophecy, Right? Uh, have you or, ha- or haven't you, Michael? Because you may have not heard it in... in no, not, not really, not really. You have to enlighten me a bit. Okay, so the Jews teach that when the red heifer appears, that's the sign of the coming of the Messiah, okay? And so in Texas, three red heifers were discovered, and a heifer is spelled H-E-I-F-E-R. It should be pronounced heifer, but it's pronounced heifer instead. And they claim that this is a sign of the coming of the Messiah. But let's take a look in the Bible and see where what it says about a red heifer. And, okay, I'm typing in red. Heifer, I have to spell it right, otherwise it won't appear. Red heifer. And here's what it says. This is Numbers 19.2. It says this, This is the ordinance of the law which Yahweh hath commanded, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, that they bring thee a red heifer without spot, wherein is no blemish, and upon which never came a yoke. Alright, so that's Numbers 19.2. So, does that verse say anything about the coming of a Messiah, or the building of a third temple? No, not at all. No, no, there's nothing there about a third temple. But in their literature, their so-called Talmudic literature, yes, they claim in their literature, not in the Bible, that uh, something like this is going to happen in the end times, uh, bringing forth the Messiah. So let me just go into Numbers 19.1 and see if there's any context here for 
red heifers signaling the coming of a Messiah. These are actually nothing but the laws for purification, Numbers 19.1. And Yahweh spoke unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, This is the ordinance of the law which Yahweh hath commanded, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, that they bring thee a red heifer without spot, where it is no blemish, and upon which never came a yoke. Okay, so that's the only verse in Scripture that mentions anything about a red heifer, verse 3. And you shall give her unto Eleazar the priest, that he may bring her forth without the camp, and one shall slay her before his face. And Eleazar the priest shall take of her blood with his finger and sprinkle of her blood directly before the tabernacle of the congregation seven times. And one shall burn the heifer in his sight, her skin and her flesh and her blood with her dung shall she burn. Now, I think that's what's going to happen to the synagogues of the world. Their flesh and blood and their dung will burn for all of us to see. And it just goes on about, uh, you know, the sacrifice of a red heifer for the sins of Israel. There's nothing here about this being a prophecy of the coming of the Messiah. Nothing. No, nothing. Yeah. Okay. It's just a cleansing, a way of our the laws for cleansing. Yeah. Purification, I mean. Right. I mean, this is, they are, I don't know where to dream up this from. Yeah. Yeah, well, they make it up in their Talmud, and then they claim it's, it comes from Torah, namely the books of Moses. But obviously, no, no such thing has ever been stated in the Bible. All right. And so this is where the, the sweet little lies of the rabbis who claim that this is Torah when, in fact, it's Talmud. But the Christians don't know the difference between Torah and Talmud. They should know, but their their Judeo-Christian pastors don't teach them that these are just sweet little lies coming from rabbis, okay? So, and then the, the third temple. The other uh, false prophecy, and uh, we'll, we'll get into this. So, uh, let's get into the main article here. Why Jews don't believe in Jesus because the third temple is addressed in this article. I will copy this for the people in the chat room here. And uh, it's why Jews don't believe in Jesus. Why don't you pick it up, Michael, while I'm uh, posting this in the chat room? Yeah, so this is by Rabbi uh, Saragan um, Simons. And it was written in May the 9th, 2008. <laughs> Nine. So, for 2,000 years, Jews have rejected the Christian idea of Jesus as Messiah. Why? One of the most common questions we receive at Aish.com uh, is, why don't Jews believe in Jesus? Let's understand why. Not to um, disparage other religion, but rather to clarify the Jewish position. Okay, in other words, uh, you know, a very soft-spoken here, saying, okay, well, we, we, don't dis, we don't reject Jesus as Messiah for any ominous or evil reason, right? We don't mean to disparage Christianity. We just don't accept Jesus as a Messiah, okay? But that does not disparage in Christianity. Well, Christians should object to this uh, idea because, uh, uh, as Paul says, we believe in Jesus, the fact that he came in the flesh, that he is God in the flesh, and that he rose from the dead. And if you don't believe that, you're not a Christian. No, you're an antichrist. That's right. That's right. Well, which brings up a very good point. I'm glad you said that, because another prophecy 
that we have to, or statement in Scripture, is First John two eighteen. Let me just uh, bring up the teaching of the word Antichrist, and we'll we'll find that the word Antichrist exists in only four passages of Scripture, yet they all believe and they teach that the Antichrist is yet to come. So I'm just going to read quickly these four verses. Note very carefully, folks. 1 John 2.18 Little children, it is the last time, and as as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. So this is the last age. These 2,000 years from the coming of Messiah to his return, his second coming, is the last age. That's what we're being told here. So, verse 22. Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Messiah? He is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Let me just read all four of them. First John 4, 3. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is what the spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. And one more, John, Second John 1, 7, For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Okay? So anyone who has not the Father has not the Son either, John tells us. So who do you think he's talking about? He says these antichrists are already here. And there's many of them. Yeah, many of them also. Yeah. And many said of his time. And they have multiplied since that, since that time. That's a lot. right. Not too many. They're still that little nation. Right. Yeah, they're still a small tribe compared to other races of the planet. However, there's enough of them to make trouble for us constantly, right? So, this, this concept of Antichrist, that, and this is another thing, well, the Antichrist is yet to come. That's what the churches teach. As if, you know, they, they never read their Bibles, right? So, who denied that Jesus is the Christ in the days of John? It was then the, for them it was the Pharisees and the Sadducees and those people that them, this and those, this, what to say, uh, religious system, then morphed into the, what we today call Judaism. That's right, that's right. And there was no such thing as Judaism. You will not find that word Judaism in the Bible. It's not the religion of the Old Testament. Jesus refers to that religion as the law and the prophets. It really had no name. Okay, the closest thing we can name we can give it is Mosaism. That is the religion given to Israel by Moses. That's the closest thing there is to a name for it in the Bible. But Jesus just uses the term the law and the prophets. Okay? And none of these Jews had a thing that wrote a single word of the Bible, and therefore they can't be the proper interpreters of it because they didn't write it. They pretend they wrote it, but they didn't. Okay, so uh, continue with the article, please. Okay, so... Jews do not accept Jesus as the Messiah because 1. Jesus did not fulfill the messianic prophecies. 2. Jesus did not embody the personal qualifications of the Messiah. 3. 
Biblical verses referring to Jesus are mistranslations. Four, Jewish belief is based on a natural... Hello? But first... Oh, okay. You hear me? You cut out. You cut out. Uh, repeat that last one. Repeat number okay. four, please. Four. So, Jewish belief is based on natural revelation. Um, okay, now, well, that's, in, so that's, back, inter that's interesting because that's what we teach in Identity. That the uh, Bible is a national message to the national nation, the nation of Israel, true Israel, of course, right? So there are points where we agree. It's just that we ha we have a different definition of who that nation is, right? So let's yeah. talk about that for a second. Uh, even Be Benjamin Netanyahu has admitted that the true origin of the Ashkenazi Jews is Ukraine or as we know it, uh, Khazaria, all right? And since the Khazars converted to Judaism around 840 AD, and none of them were actually of Sheb, they're all of Japheth, and uh, uh, three genomes, uh, Turkish, Mongoloid, and Japhetic, they admit this, okay? So how can they be Israelites if they're not even Shemites, Michael? No, they can't. It's impossible. Yeah. Right. Okay. So these, I mean, how many lies have we talked about already? <laughs> okay. I think we've talked about a dozen Jewish lies already, but let's continue. Yes. So, uh, but first, some background. What exactly is the Messiah? The word Messiah is an English rendering of the, uh, of the Hebrew word uh, Mashiach. And I'm doubtful that they are spelling it correctly, or are they? Uh, that might be, yeah. I'd have yeah. To, we'd have to look it up. But actually, it's... Yeah. Uh, I have it in Daniel, uh, Messiah here. So I have okay. a Hebrew word there. I think okay. it's age 4899 okay. in the Hebrews. So then it says, uh, yeah, Mashiach. Now nah, they have, they have uh, rewritten it. Okay. How is it spelled in the uh, in Daniel? Um, M or if I'm looking at the, more at the, um, the Hebrew instead, yeah. And then the Hebrew word, then it said um, M R S H I uh, Y A S H. So they have they have changed out the the E. The I can I can send it to you on Skype instead. It's easier okay. for me. So you can okay. tell it to the people. Yeah, I can, I can forward that to people in the chat room then. Okay. So, but es essentially it's correct, Mashiach, uh, which is, but it means anointed. Okay. And yes, anointed, that's correct. Yeah. And that word anointed comes from the Greek. Uh, that's how we, where we get the word Christ from. It means christened. Anointed and christened are, are the same in the, the two different languages. And that's where we get the word Christ from. But uh, but the the savior is Yahshua, <laughs> right? Yahshua, yeah, Yahweh saves. Mashiach. Yeah, that is the correct uh, pronunciation of Yahshua Messiah in Hebrew. Yahshua Mashiach in Hebrew. Okay, and uh, why don't you start that paragraph over again? Okay, the word Messiah is an English rendering of the Hebrew word Mashiach, which means anointed. It usually refers to a person initiated into God's service by being anointed with oil. 
Then they have Exodus 29.7, First Kings 139, 2 Kings 9.3. Okay, all right, so let's, uh, let's investigate, uh, continue reading until they start uh, going into the actual reasons why Jews don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah. Please continue. Um, one, Jesus has not fulfilled the messia- messianic prophet- prophecies. What is, is the Messiah supposed to accomplish? One of the central uh, themes of biblical prophecy is the promises of a future age of perfection, um, characterized by universal peace and recogni- recognition of God. That is then Isaiah 2, 1 to 4, and 32, 15 until 18, and 60, 15 until 18. Zephaniah 3, 9. Hosea 2, 20 until 22. Amos 9, 13 until 15. Micha um, 4, 1 until 4. Um, Zechariah um, 8, 23. 49, and Jeremiah 31, 33, 34. Okay, we'll check some of those verses as we go along, but uh, let's go into the specifics here, where he says specifically, the Bible says he will do such and such. Just that. Here's the first one. Um, specifically, the Bible says he will build the third temple. And that is Ezekiel 37, 26 until 28. Let's look at that. Okay, so let's everybody go there. If you have a Bible, please open it. We want to go to Ezekiel chapter 37 and see what this, if, what this rabbi is saying is true or not. Okay, and so what does he say? That this is the prophecy of the third temple? Yep. Okay. Ezekiel 37, which verse? 26 on the 28. Okay, so let's, here, I'll go ahead and and read it. 37, 26 through 28. I'm almost there. Okay, moreover, I will make a covenant of peace with them, obviously the people, children of Israel, It shall be an everlasting covenant with them, and I will place them and multiply them, and will set my sanctuary in the midst of them forevermore. My tabernacle also shall be with them, yea, I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And verse 28, And the heathen shall know that I, Yahweh, do sanctify Israel, when my sanctuary shall be in the midst of them forevermore. Okay, so let's set the context of this verse, Michael. Because the context is very important. So let's... Uh, should I read... Do you want yes. me to read one from the scriptures also? Yeah, go ahead. The text? Yes. So, Ezekiel 37, 26 on to, till 28. Uh, and I shall make a covenant of peace with them, an everlasting covenant it is with them. And I shall place them and increase them and shall place my set-apart place in their midst forever. And my dwelling place shall be over them, and I shall be their Elohim, and they shall be my people. And the nature shall know that I am Yahweh, am setting Israel apart 
when my set-apart place is in their midst forever. Okay, so is this actually a reference to a physical brick-and-mortar temple? Well, the context of this passage starts at verse 15. So, Michael, why don't you start reading at verse 15, and we'll see if this is a reference to a physical temple or not. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, 37.15. And the word of Yahweh came to me, saying, And you, son of man, take a stick for yourself and write on it, for Yehuda and for the children of Israel, his companions. Then take another stick and write on it, for Joseph, the stick of Ephraim, and for all uh, the house of Israel, his companions. Ah, this is the okay. sti- two stick okay. prophecies. This is the two sticks <laughs> prophecy. Absolutely. Sorry for ruining it. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. Bring them together a... for yourself into <laughs> one stick, and right? they shall become one in your hand. Okay. And when the children, children of um, your people speak to you, saying, "Won't you show us what you mean by these?" Okay, Take so. Them. So what's the context? Is the context the building of a literal brick-and-mortar temple? Or is the context the bringing together of all 12 tribes? Is no, that what... that's just the second one. The two sticks prophecies. Yeah. I say it above. You bring them together. Um, yeah. Judah and the, the lost sheep of the house of Israel brings together in one stick. Yeah. Now, don't the Jew, Jews teach that they're the only tribe left of all 12? I am, and then this is <laughs> work. No, no, this this prophecy doesn't work because they have destroyed the context of the prophecy by not admitting that the other eleven tribes, assuming that they are one of them, still exists and shall be unified into one stick in Yahweh's hands. So, isn't that the context of these? Passages? Yeah, I am. That- yeah. Exactly. And he yeah. just takes out the last part that doesn't speak any, anything about the brick and mortar temple. Nothing. Yeah, so please continue. Let's take it to the end. Let's see. Verse 19. Uh, then I, 19. Say to them, thus said the Master Yahweh, see, I am taking the stick of Joseph, <coughs> which, <coughs> which is in the hand of Ephraim, and the tribe of Israel, his companions, and I shall give them unto him with the stick of Yehuda, and make them one stick, and they shall be one in my hand. Okay, so when did this stick, happen? When did this happen? The reunifications re- of the of the tribes. Um, wasn't that when, <coughs> oh, when uh, Yahshua <laughs> Messiah walked earth? That's and, right, uh, at Calvary. Calvary. Yeah. Paul tells us what happened was that the breach between the house of Judah and the house of Israel was healed, right? And and all 12 tribes, or members of all 12 tribes, were there at Pentecost that same year, 33 AD, to uh, accept that, that they are the children of Yahshua, the Messiah, and that we accept the unification process, all right? So, did they have a have to have a physical brick and mortar church <laughs> to to accomplish this? No, no. This is no. a prophecy. Far yes. away from this brick and mortar church. 
This is a prophecy of the unification of the two houses, the house of Israel and the house of Judah, and that's all this is about. It, has, it doesn't say anything about a third temple. Back to you. Um, and the sticks on which you write shall be in your hand before thy eyes. And speak to them. Thus said the Master Yahweh, See, I am taking the children of Israel from among the nations, wherever they have gone, and shall gather them from all around, and I shall bring them into their land. Oh, the dispersed one. Yeah, how about America? How about Europe? How about South Africa? Right? That's where we've been dispersed. Oh, yeah. And the Jews have followed us into all these lands. So we're the ones who've been dispersed, not them. Yeah, we are persecuted by them. That's right. And I shall make them one nation into the land on the mountains of Israel. And one sovereign shall be sovereign over them all. Let them no longer be two nations. And let them no longer be divided into two reigns. Okay, so has any rabbi ever taught that the two houses will be unified into one kingdom? Or have they always... Yeah, or, or have they always taught that they are the only survivors of all the all the twelve tribes, and therefore we must you know follow them? Yeah, exactly. The latter one, they have never spoken about any right. anything about the two sticks prophecies. So, if so, if somebody uses this chapter to claim that a third temple is going to be built, uh, the context does not justify it at all, right? Nor do they acknowledge the fact that these two houses will be unified forever, <laughs> right? They won't acknowledge that. All right, please continue. Um, 3723. <coughs> and they shall no longer defy themselves with their idols, nor with their uh, disgusting matters, nor with any of their transgressions. And I shall save them from all <coughs> their dwelling places in which they have sinned. And I shall cleanse them, and they shall be my people, and I be their Elohim. Okay, so what's being cleansed? What is being prepared? Our, uh, our past sins. Yeah, well, yeah, our spirits, our bodies are being cleansed. Not, not some third temple. <laughs> right? Please continue. Um, while David, my servant, is sovereign over them, and they shall all have one shepherd, uh, and walk in my right rulings, and guard my laws, and shall do them. And they shall dwell in the land that I have given to Jacob, my servant, where uh, your father dwelt, and they shall dwell in it, they and their children, and their children's children forever, and my servant David be their prince forever. Okay, so have the Jews ever had a record of uh, King David among them? You know, the, the dynasty of King David among the Jews. Have they ever had that? No, more no. more there. That's uh, Herod was maybe the closest one, but his uh, line uh, was is, is dead. He's an Edomite, right? Plus, yeah, he's an Edomite, Edomite yeah. not an Israelite. <laughs> okay, not an Israelite either. Right, and so and so therein. They and their children and their children forever, forever, okay? Now, the problem is, we in identity, we know who we are. We know that we are Israel, but the vast majority of Judeo-Christians don't know that. 
So they can't make heads or tails of this prophecy, right? But it's the two sticks prophecy where the two houses are reunited under who? Messiah. Under Messiah. Not under any other force, okay? And in 1 Corinthians three sixteen through 18, Paul tells us that we are the temple. <laughs> we are the temple of Yahweh. That these prophecies are not about a physical brick-and-mortar church or temple, but about us. So please finish the, the prophecy here, and I'll go to 1 Corinthians 3.16. Um, uh, 26-28. Then. And yes. I shall make a covenant of peace with them, an everlasting covenant is it with them. And I shall place them and increase them, and shall place my set-apart place in their midst forever. And my dwelling place shall be over them, and I shall be their Elohim, and they shall be my people. What? And the nation shall know that I, Yahweh, am setting Israel apart, when my set-apart place is in their midst forever. Yes. Well, didn't Jesus say, the kingdom is within you? Oh, yeah, he did. <laughs> right? Okay. What, what more do we need to know? All right, but here, let's go to 1 Corinthians three sixteen through 18. Again, tell me lies, tell me sweet little Jew lies, because that's what we're expected to believe. Verse, 2, 1 Corinthians three sixteen. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy, for the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are? Let no man deceive himself. If any man among you seemeth to be wise in, th in this world, let him become a fool, that he may be wise also. So, well, that rabbi is a fool, but he'll never get wise, because he's teaching no nothing but lies. For, let me read verse 19 also. For the wisdom of this world, and this is rabbinical wisdom, is foolishness with God. For it is written, He taketh the wise in their own craftiness. Okay? So all these rabbis who think they can pull the wool over our eyes and tell us sweet little lies, they're going to be destroyed. They will be taken in their craftiness. Folks, and this is crafty material in this article here. Why Jews don't believe in Jesus? Because the the verse the verses he cites for the building of a third temple, it's just not there. It's not there, folks. It's a lie. Okay? So but what what do you, what are they planning on building this third temple for, Michael? Um I believe is they will build it back in Jerusalem and then they will instigate uh, animal sacrifices again. That is correct. Now, that wouldn't that be an insult to Yahweh that they reject? First of all, they murdered his son, rejected him utterly, and now they want to rebuild, uh, well, build, <laughs> not rebuild, build a heathen temple, a Jewish temple, which there never was such a thing as a Jewish temple. Well, actually, Herod did build the wall he built which is the Wailing Wall, he built part of it, and that's where the Jews uh, wail and moan every uh, all the time. So that, that's the closest the Jews ever got to building a temple, 
right? But the plan is to reinstitute animal sacrifice. Wasn't that done away with at the cross? Yes, it was, yeah. indeed. So should the average Christian understand that building a, a temple for animal sacrifice is an utter rejection of Jesus Christ, the Messiah? Oh, it is. It is. Yeah. And also that he was the final sacrifice. Yes, as the New Testament clearly says. So there is a, a great disparity between what the Jews teach about the Bible and what the Bible actually teaches, <laughs> right? Uh, major discrepancy here, okay? So let's go to B. Gather all Jews back to the land of Israel, and I'm going to open up Isaiah 43. Okay, go ahead. Please uh, please read uh, B. Yeah, as you said, B. Gather yeah. all Jews back to the land of Israel. Isaiah 43, 5 until 6. Isaiah 43, 5 until 6. Yeah. And, okay, so let's both go there. And if uh, the listeners have their Bibles open, uh, please join us. Okay, Isaiah 43, was it? Yes, 43, 5 to 6. Okay, so uh, go ahead, read those two verses, and then we'll take it from the top to set the context, because they always take these yeah. verses out of context. Yeah, this is a far fetch, I think, when I read this one. Yeah, okay. So, I shouldn't put put something in, in the front of you, but okay, sorry. Put yeah. three, five until six. Do not fear, for I am with you. I shall bring your seed from the east and gather you from the west. I shall say to the north, give them up. And to the south, do not keep them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Now, of course, since the Bible says, In Isaac shall thy seed be called, Genesis twenty-one twelve, and that he would scatter true Israel all over the world, which we are, and the Jews are not, then this prophecy can be applied to both. Right? So there's no doubt it can be applied to either, but you have to know which is the true Israel. So it doesn't say anything about gathering Jews. It's only about gathering Israelites. And it doesn't say to the land of Israel. It says to wherever we have been scattered. Right? To wherever we have been scattered. So let's take the entire chapter 43. Back to you. Yeah. So I will start from... Sorry. Yeah, sorry, I will start from 43, uh, 1 until yes. 13 then. Yes. Uh, Yahweh's witnesses then, is the heading I think. Israel's only savior. But now, thus said Yahweh, your creator of Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I am with you, and though, and through rivers, they do not overflow you. When you walk through fire, you are not scorched, and a flame does not burn you. For I am Yahweh, your Elohim, the set-apart one of Israel, your Savior. I gave uh, Mitzrayim uh, for your ransom, Cush and Seba 
in your place. And Mitraim is another word for Egypt. Right. Since you were precious in my eyes, you have been esteemed, and I have loved you, and I give men in your place and peoples for your life. Okay, so at this point, this verse, it's really obvious that we Anglo-Saxon, Caucasian Israelites, have held other nations in tribute to us. Okay? But the people called Jews have never had this, have never done so. Except through their sly practice of usury, which they will not not admit to. (laughs) Okay? So, I mean, you can't have it both ways. You can't claim to be the people who has the gates of their enemies and have great armies and navies, which they never have, and then claim to be the saviors of the world? You you have to fulfill all the prophecies, not just one or two. Back to you. Yes, so, number 43.5, and on to 13. Do not fear, for I am with you. I shall bring your seed from the east, and gather you from the west. I should say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not keep them back. Bring my sons from afar, and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Okay, so, from the south would have to be South Africa. Okay, because the Boer people are still down there. And, of course, it, that area was settled by the Boer people, who are Israelites of Germanic heritage, so that the sons of Israel are in the south, uh, the Europeans are in the north, the Americans are in the west, and uh, the, the Poles and Russians are in the east. All 12 tribes. Right? Yes. But the exactly. small the small tribe called Jews, well, the most they can really claim for themselves is Kazaria. And then they can claim Poland. But they, but they didn't build any of those nations. They built Kazaria. That's one that's one nation they built. But Poland is a, a nation that existed before they moved in. That nation was c- created by Israelites, not by Jews. Again, you have to acknowledge the fact that all 12 tribes still exist for any of these prophecies to be fulfilled. Okay, please continue. Number seven. All those who are called by my name, whom I have created, formed, even made my for my esteem, he shall bring out a blind people who have eyes and deaf ones who have ears. All the nations shall be assembled, and the people be gathered. Who among them declares this, and show us former events? Let them give their witnesses uh, to be declared right, or let them hear and say, It is truth. 43.10 You are one of my witnesses, declares oh, Yahweh, okay. and my servant. Yes. Who, which group of people have witnessed the Holy Scriptures to the world? Us or the no, Jews? We. Yeah. No, they we. The Jews don't do any explanation of Scripture except to claim that they're the chosen ones, and therefore we must support the Israeli state. And mm-hmm. like we're explaining here, they're citing, they're falsifying the prophecies in their favor 
so that uh, the people would falsely believe that they are the chosen ones. Okay, yeah. But what have what have how have the Jews explained Scripture? I mean, uh, are rabbis going from uh, from place to place explaining uh, all twelve tribes, explaining any prophecy at all, or are they just picking like we're saying here, piecemeal verses <laughs> that they claim to be about them and are not? I see more the latter one. They are doing it in crafty way, trying to deceive people. Yes, that's that's all it is. It's deception. All right, please continue. So this is forty three ten on to thirteen. You are my witnesses, declares Yahweh, and my servant whom I have chosen, so that you know and believe me and understand that I am He. Before He there was no El Foreman, nor after me there is none. I, I am Yahweh, and besides me, there is no Savior. I, I have declared and saved and made known, and there was no forging mighty one among you. And you are my witnesses, declares Yahweh, that I am El. Even from the day I am He, and no one delivers out of my hand, I work. And who turns it back? Uh, yeah, who, I can who, continue. Yeah, well, continue? Here, let me just say here, uh, Thus saith Yahweh, which maketh a way in the sea and a path in the mighty waters. Well, who who worships Yahweh? Well, obviously the Judeo-Christians don't, but the Boer people have worshipped the name of Yahweh uninterrupted from the very beginning. Okay, and there has also been a Yahwist strain among the northern tribes of Europe, the Israelite tribes of Europe and America. But who took the name of Yahweh out of the scriptures? Well, it was the it was the usual suspect. It was the scribes and the I would call them the scribes and the, the Sadducees. Yes, and and the Pharisees, otherwise known as Jews, <laughs> right? They're the ones who've been suppressing the name of Yahweh. And replaced it with the word L O R D. Yeah, of course they they that took it away. They are the right. Uh, they are the one that really did it. Yeah, and so they're the ones who are actually behind the movement to suppress the name of Yahweh, and a lot of people are being fooled by that. Right. Okay. Please continue. And just an interesting remark I did when I read in both eleven and twelve, you say I two times. Uh-huh. I, I'm Yahweh. He, he, he double emphasizes I, yeah, I yes. am. Exactly. And I am is the, the short form of Yahweh, <laughs> right? The great I am. That's what he told Moses. That is my name. I am. Yahweh is my name. Yeah. yeah. Um, thus said Yahweh, your Redeemer, the set-apart one of Israel, for your sake I shall send to Babel, and bring them all down as fugitives, even as um, Kazdim, who rejoice in their ships. Number 15. I am Yahweh, your set-apart one, creator of Israel, your sovereign. Thus said Yahweh, who makes a way in the sea and a path through the mighty waters, who brings forth the chariots and horses, the army, and the power they lay down together, they do not ray, ray, rise. 
They have been extinguished. They have been quenched like a wick. Do not remember the former events, nor consider the events of old. See, I am doing what is new. Let it now spring forth. Do you not know it? I am even making a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The beast of the field esteems me. The um, jackals and the um, ostrich, because I have given waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. This people I have for, formed for myself. Let them relate my praise. But you have not called on me, O Jacob, for you have been weary of me, O Israel. You have not brought me the sheep uh, for your ascending offerings, nor have you esteemed me with your slaughterings. I have not caused you to um, serve and grain offerings, uh, nor wearing your with increases. Uh, you have not brought me sweet uh, cane of silver, nor have I satisfied me with the, f- the fat of your slaughterings. You have only burdened me with your sins. You have wearied me with your crookedness. I, I am, he who blots uh, out your transgressions for my own sake and remember your sins no more. Remember me. Let us enter into judgment together. Relate that you might be declared right. Your first father sinned, and your um, interpreters have transgressed against me. So I have profaned the chief ones of the set-apart place, and I have delivered up Jacob to the curses and Israel to scorn. All right, okay, so... Now, that's, it's very interesting because a lot of these prophecies can be applied both to the Jews and to true Israel. Okay? But uh, who made the deserts blossom? We. Yeah. Who, who sailed up the rivers and, uh, and you know, went from one continent to another? Uh, did the Jews do any of this sailing? Are they known as sailors, right? No, no, no. They're not no. the Phoenicians. They're not the Cartagians. They're not the Danites. Right, nope. exactly, exactly. It's because we can prove that all of these things were done by the 12 tribes, the scattered 12 mm-hmm. tribes. And there's simply no denying that, okay? But Israel has profaned the sanctuary, okay? Now, would the Jews ever admit that they have profaned the sanctuary? Oh, no. No. So... The, the Jews will not admit that these verses apply to them, but it says that it applies to Israel. Because the, the modern Jew can't admit to doing no wrong. Yeah. You see? Um, so we can see, j- just by analyzing these verses, how the Jews fail to fulfill any of these things. But only we, the twelve, the scattered 12 tribes, fulfill all these prophecies. Okay, let's go to the next sweet little lie <laughs> in this article here next craftiness oh what is this uh, this is some uh, where, oh there it go yeah go ahead no my uh, it's covered 
Some some uh, uh, oh, some ad? what do you say? An ad is uh, covering. Ad. Oh, now I have it again. Okay, very Sorry. good. Okay. So T. Uh, so we can say that it gather all the use back to the land of Israel. No, that is uh, far fetched because yeah. nowhere to be said this land of Israel and it's uh, and they are not Israelites. So right, it just says uh, I will gather you to me. It doesn't say anything about gathering them to Palestine. All right. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, there. Wh- what about all, all the Jews? Uh, I mean, are all the Jews gathered back to Palestine? No, that would never happen. Oh, well, there's only a handful, and you know they claim the entire territory from Palestine to the River of Egypt to the River Euphrates. Have the Jews occupied that whole territory yet? Uh, no. No, no, they haven't. So these claims of that they have fulfilled these prophecies are a real stretch, folks, a real stretch. But let's continue. So, see, ushering an era of world peace and end all hatred, oppression, sufferings, and diseases. As it says, nation shall not lift up a sword against nation, neither shall man learn war anymore. And that is Isaiah 2.4. Okay. So which group of people is teaching people how to make war? Yeah, they invented it. It's right. Their, their daddy Cain invented that, right? And his immediate offspring invented war. Okay? And what kind of peace do you think the Jews have in store for us? Oh, the 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 slaves, uh, the slaves' peace. I think Thomas Jefferson some, said something about it. The quiet peace of the slave. That's I remember right. exactly how he said it. Which we're in right now, <laughs> right? The Jews are the masters of that type of slavery, and we're the ones being enslaved, right? But what a what about the Noahide laws? Isn't that the type of peace that they plan on giving us? Yeah, they want the UN peace. Yes, total slavery. That's what they total call slavery. peace. Yeah. And uh, all all weapons and guns abolished under their, their, what do you say, charter. Right, exactly, exactly. And the UN charter was created by the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers and all these commie Jews to, what, promote world peace? Isn't that what the UN claims to do? Yeah, most of those written by a communist and a capitalist. That's right. Yeah, Rockefeller and uh, Alger Hiss, <laughs> right? Communists and the capitalists. And they created the state of Israel, right? The UN created the state of Israel. So again, this is not, nothing more than the continuation of the cunning of Nachash and the perfidious Jews down through history. So they have to pretend to be Israel in order for their plan to destroy us to succeed. So they have to keep up this pretense. Oh, please, Yahweh, wake up our people so that they will see once and for all that this is nothing but Jewish lies, sweet little lies coming from the rabbis. Okay? So let's go to Isaiah 2.4 and see what the context of that is. Yes, do you want me to read it? Yes, I just read two, four first, and then we can take the context. Yes. Um, and he shall judge between nations and shall reprove many nations. And they shall beat their sword into uh, plowshares and their spears into 
pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither teach battle anymore. Okay, have the Jewish people, that they talk peace, but have they done anything, any constructive move toward actual peace in the world ever? Yeah, and then I also want no, never. They won't. <laughs> they, 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 they earn money on the war. That's right. Yeah, they profit from war. They create war. They magnify war. And so does the United Nations organization. Okay, so let's read. Uh, you know, it's a very short chapter, Isaiah chapter two. Yeah, the whole or two one till five. Yes. Okay, two one till five. <laughs> Uh, the word that uh, Yeshua, uh, the son of Amos, saw concerning Jehuda and Jerusalem. And sorry for butchering the first one there, because I, I have this um, Yesh, Yesh, Yeshayu. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the scriptures. Yeah, they, uh, they yeah. use uh, uh, Israelite Hebrew words. Okay, yeah, verse 2. Uh, and it shall be in the latter days that the mountains of the house of Yahweh is established on the top of the mountains and shall be extolled above the hills and all nations shall flow to it. Oh, okay, stop right there. Have all kinds of immigrants flowed into Israel? No, they don't let immigrants in because no, that don't. would destabilize their nation. Yes, so... This uh, this chapter can't possibly be about the Jews, because nobody wants to go to Palestine. <laughs> All right, does anybody want to go to Palestine except the Black no. Hebrews, and the Black Hebrews aren't admitted, right? The Jews have, have kept them from entering. So read verse two again, because this this proves conclusively that it can't be Israel that people want to go to. Back to you. And it shall be in the latter days that the mountain of the house of Yahweh is established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above all hills, above the hills. And all nations shall flow to it. Okay, so in other words, somebody will establish a type of kingdom and many kingdoms because we have, you know, Britain, America, Australia, I almost don't want to include Canada. <laughs> Germany, Norway, Sweden, Denmark, etc. The Israelite nations of the world, primarily in Europe and the West. Okay, and uh, we can, we have to include South Africa because the Boer people are also Israelites. That these are the mountains that are being spoken of here. And where do immigrants? Oh, what about South Africa? Don't black Africans want to immigrate into South Africa and they do so in droves? Yeah, they are. Same as this old, um, what was the name on the, on the nation was nor north of South Africa, Rhodesia. Yes, that was also, yeah, that would also yeah. count as an Israelite nation, yes. Yeah, they flow to it and then they, it, it cracked, it, it crumbled and they yes. were kicked out and murdered, so... Yeah, Same in South Africa if they don't, because they are in a peril times, I would say. So what we see here that that these places, the, that the immigrants, all nations, it says, all nations shall flow unto it. Everybody wants to move to America. Yeah. 
All right. And, and to, um, what about to Sweden? Europe, more, more than European nations, I've heard also. Yeah, yeah, Sweden, Denmark, all of these immigrants, all nations, it says, shall flow into it. It's not happening to the Israeli state, folks. What more proof do you need that the Israel does not fulfill any of these prophecies? Verse 3, please. And many people shall come and say, come, and let us go up um, to the mountains of Yahweh, to the house of the Elohim of Jacob, and let him teach us his ways, and let us walk in his path. Uh, for out of uh, uh, Tishon comes the fourth, uh, the Torah, and the word of Yahweh from Jeru- uh, Ye- Jerusalem. Okay. okay, so there's a small group of people, the Messianic Christians, who believe that the Jews are Israel. There's a small number of people who may sit at the foot of a rabbi to ask instruction. But is the world at large asking for instruction from a Jew? No, but they put them in those positions. Yeah, well, but how did the Jews get into that position? Uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> they weaseled their way in, right? Okay, but yeah. it says it will. They will teach us the ways of Yahweh. How many rabbis go into any teaching position and teach Yahweh's laws? None, and they don't even pronounce his name. That's right. That's right. All they teach is usury. And how to control nations by by deceiving them. So again, we see that the verses that this rabbi chooses to prove his point that the Jews are, are you know these people, they all fail. They fail miserably. Check it to verse five. Um, and he shall judge between the nations and shall reprove many peoples, and they shall beat their swords into bloodsheds and their spears into uh, pruning uh, hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither teach battle anymore. Okay, O the... house of Jacob. Okay, yeah, of course, finish it, yeah. Come and let us walk in the light of Yahweh. Okay, are the Jews walking in the light of Yahweh by any stretch of the imagination? No, okay. they don't, don't even try. Right. Has the IDR, the Israeli Defense Force, Beaten their swords into plowshares. No, they're increasing. Yeah, they're increasing there. And they're they're instigating war all over the planet. So the idea that the Jews uh, create peace on planet Earth is one of the biggest lies ever told. And that's the lie that this rabbi is telling. Okay? So again, so these first three points that the rabbi claims are about the Jews fail. Absolutely fail. And there's one more. Let's go to it. So it's D. Uh, spread universal knowledge of the God of Israel, uh, which will unite humanity as one. As it says, uh, God will be king over all the world. On that day, God will be one, and his name will be one. And that is Zechariah 14.9. Okay. Would they say... God will be king, over, and on that day, God will be one, and his name will be one. They are attacking the Trinity. 
They are attacking the fact that uh, Yahweh is God, Yahshua is God, and the Holy Spirit is also God, or divine, divinity. Okay, This is a reference to the Noahide laws. Right? So, the world must accept the Jewish teaching of the Noahide laws, or their... Well, but they say, if the world doesn't accept, accept the Noahide laws, what is going to happen to those people? Yeah, they will be, I guess, uh, this, uh, the guillotines from France will come up again. That's right. Is that peaceful? <laughs> no, it's <laughs> not, not hardly. Okay? So you can see the hypocrisy of this Jewish rabbi in everything he says. But let's go to Zechariah 14. Let's take it from the top. To set the Should context. I start with yeah. Should I start with 49 first? Uh, yeah, read it over again and then go back to verse, uh, yeah, verse 1. Zechariah 14. Yeah. And Yahweh shall be sovereign over all the earth. In that day there shall be one, Yah- be one Yahweh and his name one. Okay, no problem. Okay. Yeah, because uh, the word one, especially in the Greek, means u- unity. Okay, so if Yahweh decides to, although the Bible doesn't teach the Trinity per se, nevertheless, we have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, which the New Testament in particular teaches, but in the Old Testament it's Numa. The Holy Spirit is Numa. So it's taught in the Old Testament as well. And Yahshua is taught in the Old Testament, you know. Uh, his name means Yahweh saves, okay? So, but what the Jews are trying to do is create a a wall between the Christian world, the Christian understanding of God, and their understanding of God, which they they reject the Messiah, and they must obviously uh, uh, reject the Holy Spirit as well. Because, but they they don't they don't even worship Yahweh, <laughs> right? So, so what kind of oneness are they teaching? Let's take it from the top, verse one, please. And just one comment on the first A, B, and C, and also for this too. Uh-huh. Where is it said that all this should be fulfilled by Joshua Messiah, Yahweh right. in the flesh? Yeah, um, I have not seen anything for that. I more see in that day. And for me, in that day is after the second coming. I hope I don't ruin anything, but that's my no. thought when I read, read this. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, But the Jews claim uh, to, they will, how should I put it, uh, short circuit? No, that's not what the word, uh, they, they will preempt. They will preempt what Yahshua does at the second coming, and they are the ones who will establish, quote-unquote, world peace through their United Nations and through their Noahide laws. Right? Oh, they think they can beat an heavenly army. There you go. They think they can preempt Yahweh. (laughs) All right, so, so this prophecy is indeed about the coming day of the Lord. Let's get started. Good. Okay. So, Zechariah 14.1. See, a day shall come for Yahweh, and your spoil shall be divided in your midst. And I shall gather all the nations to battle against Jerusalem. And the city shall be taken, and the houses plundered, and the women ravished. Half of the city shall go into exile, but the remnant of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Okay, so we have two... Uh, meetings for the word Jerusalem. One is the literal city of Jerusalem, and the second is Jerusalem meaning the people of Israel, wherever we happen to be. 
Okay, that's the prophetic meaning of the word Jerusalem. And that's where wherever we are, wherever we Israelites are, that is Jerusalem. There's no need for us to go back to that accursed city. By the way, Yahshua cursed that city, <laughs> right? Because it wouldn't bow to him. And of course, he was uh, cursing the Jews that lived there, right? So as long as there's Jews in that city called Jerusalem, the literal city of Jerusalem, it will be cursed. And as long as there's Jews among us, we will be cursed. Right? Yeah, and it's in Revelation that it's called a den of vipers. Yes, that's right. right? But read verse 2 again, because let's see if any of this has been fulfilled in the literal city of Jerusalem where the Jews dwell now. And I shall gather all the nations to battle against Jerusalem. And the city shall be taken, the horses plundered, and the women ravished. Half of the city shall go into exile, but the remnant of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Okay, have the women, the Jewish women of the Israeli state been ravished? Have they been raped? No. No? Uh, has has the, the state of Israel been plundered? No. If anything, the, the Jews hire uh, people like uh, the Palestinian Liber- Liberation Organization and Hamas to lob bombs over the wall that they have built around themselves so that they can claim that, they're, that they are being bombarded. But have their houses been rifled by somebody? Jewish homes. No, and if, it's well, quite the and opposite. If, then it will be a bit, they will shoot back 10, 50, yeah, 100 right. bombs. Exactly. But it's quite the opposite. The Jews have rifled the, ho- the homes of the Palestinians, not vice versa. Okay? Clearly, this is talking about us, Jerusalem, the children of Israel, the scattered tribes of all 12. Okay? All right. So, please continue. Verse 3. Because when I was that comment I had, Half of the city shall go in Texas. So this cannot be the city of Jerusalem. And Judah was there when uh, Nebuchadnezzar came and took it captive. Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Then the whole one away. Yeah. Oh, but actually, that, that, no, that's a good point because this has actually happened to our people several times. Right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Please continue. And Yahweh shall go forth, and he shall fight against those nations as he fights in the day of the battle. Oh, man. Can't wait for that day, folks. Can't wait. Please continue. Yeah, maybe the archangel Michael will come down also. And in that day, his feet shall stand upon the Mount of Olives, which faces Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives shall be split in two. From east to west, a very great valley, and half of the mountain shall move toward the north, and half of it toward the south. Okay, let's picture this. So let's assume this is the literal Mount of Olives, which it may be, which uh, the feet of Yahshua tread upon, right, in the flesh. But now he may come back as an angelic spirit, in which he will be very large, (laughs) right, and one foot on the east and one foot on the west with a chasm in between so this is this is what we see now this could be taken metaphorically also that the whole earth will be divided between two opinions namely our opinion 
that Yahshua is the true Messiah, and Jewish opinion, and atheist opinion, who, most people who, who really won't care, that uh, that this will be a literal fulfillment at the Mount of Olives, but you know, because they happen to live there at this time. But let's see what the rest of it says. And you shall flee um, to the valley of my mountain, for the valley of the mountains reaches to uh, Atzal. And you shall flee as you fled from the earthquakes in the days of um, Uziah, sovereign of Jehuda, and Yahweh my Elohim shall come, all the set-apart ones with you. Okay, that's clearly we're talking about the Judgment Day, right? So let's continue. Yeah, also when you read in that day is also a sign for that. Yes. Uh, number six. And in that day it shall be there is no light. It is dark. And I believe okay. that closely reference to darkness or spirituality of the of teaching the truth of the Bible. Oh, darkness sure. is just... Yeah, for sure. That's a, that's a very good point. Uh, if we take this literally, it could be... Well, ultimately, when the kingdom comes, because there's other passages, and Revelation clearly says this also, that uh, you know, there will be literally no darkness because we will be the light, <laughs> right? I can't picture the Jews being the light of any kind except the fake light, false light. Back to you. Yes, number seven. And it shall be one day uh, which is known to Yahweh, neither day nor night, but at evening time there shall be light. Okay, and so in yeah, that- yeah, yeah, there's no, there will be a new heavens and a new earth, and we, Israel, will shine by our own light. Okay, that's the, that's the problem. Yes, that's enough. Yeah. Okay. I guess that is the, those new bodies we get if we are here when when he returns. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, and in that day it shall be that living waters flow from Jerusalem, half of them toward the eastern sea and half of them toward the western sea, in summer as well as in winter. Okay. Now. Is there a sea, let's say you're standing at the chasm, which is the Jordan River Valley, facing north, and to your left, which was west, you have the Mediterranean Sea. To your right, which is east, there's another sea. Is there, is there such a sea in Palestine? No, I have time to see that, you know. No, there isn't. This, um, can this be a more reference to, sorry, for people, the flow of people? Yes, yeah, that that for sure. Now, these end time prophecies all have dual meanings. They have sometimes have literal meanings. Sometimes they have physical fulfillment, and sometimes they have a, a fulfillment in us, the people of Israel, because Israel is a people, not a place. Right? The Jews want us to believe that Israel is that dirty, stinking land called Palestine. That That's what they want us to believe. But no, Israel is not a place. Israel is a people. Okay? And uh, in the end times, what did Jesus say? Ye are the light of the world. Clearly, yeah. metaphorically. And it may be literal as well. Back to you. So... And Yahweh shall be sovereign over all the earth. In that day, 
there shall be one Yahweh and his name one. Yeah, okay. in that day. Um, number 10. Okay, uh, interesting. Hold on one second. Uh, Swamp Fox says there, the, there is a Dead Sea on the other, on the eastern side of the Jordan River Valley, or is it part of it? It may be actually be part of it. But the Dead Sea is drying up. <laughs> right? <laughs> so that, that ain't gonna work either. Alright, back to you. Okay. It's almost totally um, dry already. shall be yeah. changed into a desert plain from Giaba to Rimon south of Jerusalem, and shall, uh, and she shall be raised up and inhabited in the place um, from uh, Benjamin's gate to the place of the first gate and the corner gate, and from the tower of Hanel to the uh, wine presses of okay. the Sargent. All right, well, this could be literally fulfilled or it could be metaphorically, because we know in the book of Revelation, the city four square, which has 12 gates, one for each of the 12 tribes of Israel, Okay, facing the four cardinal directions, and it could be a reference to this, the new Jerusalem, not the old Jerusalem. All right? Okay? But this could also be fulfilled literally, because once the planet is emptied of Edomites, then there finally will be peace. Back to you. Yes, so, and they shall dwell in her, and there shall be no more utter destruction. But Jerusalem shall be um, safely inhabited. And also something I think about when they speak about Jerusalem in this context here, Eli. Yeah. This also means the new Jerusalem, not That's the right. old one. Exactly. This is all prophecy here. Yeah. yeah as we're talking about the new Jerusalem, which is the city four square, and is, which is us. We are that temple. It's not a literal temple. Back to you. Uh, and this is a plague with which Yahweh pledges all the people who fought against Jerusalem. Their flesh shall decay while they stand on their feet, and their eyes decay in their sockets, and their tongues decay in their mouth. Is this, um, prophes- is this prophesying a nuclear explosion? Some that, sort of. Yes, it sure can be. All right, please continue. And it shall be in that day that a great confusion from Yahweh is among them, and every one of them shall seize the hand of his neighbor, and his hand raise up against his neighbor's hand. Uh-huh. Great yeah. confusion. Have lots of that. Isn't that happening today? That oh, all this yeah. great confusion? And, uh, neighbor against neighbor? Uh, Antifa against Christian? Black Lives Matter against white people? Uh, immigrants from Africa against Europeans, who Europeans falsely consider to be their neighbors, <laughs> right? Nation against nation. Now, are the Jews confused by this? Or are they orchestrating it? Yeah, they are more, maybe not confused by it, but I think they're orchestrating it. That's correct. So they're not confused by it. It's only the victim nations that are being confused by it. Back to you. Um, now let's see number 14 and Jehuda shall fight at Jerusalem as well and the wealth of all the nations round about shall be gathered together gold 
and silver and garments in great quantities. Okay, Judah, not the Jews. Yeah, who possesses the world's wealth? In reality, it belongs to us. But the Jews have mortgaged our wealth and our property so that we have to pay taxes to them, right? Okay, so who's the tax collector here? Judah? Yeah. Or Edom? Yeah, no. Yeah. No, Edom. Yeah. Okay. They've always been the tax collectors in medieval Europe. Um, the, the Edomites. Yes. So also, is the plague on the horse and the mule, on the camel and the donkey, and on all the cattle there are in those camps in, as this plague. Okay, and it be... shall be that all who is left from the nations uh, which um, came up against Jerusalem shall go up uh, from year to year to bow themselves to the sovereign Yahweh of hosts and to celebrate the festivals of um, Sukkot. Okay, so, that, is. so this is very clearly one of the last prophecies that will be fulfilled, namely that those nations and uh, let's see, every one those nations, it's not uh, Israelite nations, those are, well, uh, uh, everyone left that is of the nations, which came against us, Jerusalem, shall even go up from year to year to worship the king, Yahweh of hosts, and to keep the Feast of Tabernacles, so that anyone who has survived the day of, of Yahweh will have to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. They won't have any choice. And we know that we Israelites, now that doesn't mean they, they will celebrate it with us or in our land. They will simply have to practice a version of it wherever they live because Yahweh is the God of separation, the separated people. He separated us unto himself, okay? So, so shall the plague of the horse, the mule, the camel, the ass, and of all the beasts that shall be in these tents as this plague. Could this be COVID? Yeah, but that's a made-up one. But that's a plague also upon us, yeah? Yes. So uh, it, the, it's, all these animals are living in tents. So uh, hence an army, okay? So these, this is talking about people, okay? Not literal horses and camels and asses. All these beasts, <laughs> right? This is like the book of Revelation, all kinds of beasts in the book of Revelation. They always re represent people. Okay? All right. A couple more verses. We're almost done uh, yes. with today's lesson. And it shall be that if anyone of the clans of the earth does not come up to Jerusalem to bow himself to the sovereign Yahweh of hosts, on them there is to be no rain. Okay. There will be drought wherever, you know, all kinds of drought, literal drought. And no education, no food, etc., etc. And, and if the clan of uh, Mitzrayim does not come up and enter in, then there is no rain. On them is the plague with which Yahweh pledges the nations who do not come up to celebrate the festivals of um, Sukkot. Okay, so these feast days are extremely important. What, what's the problem here, uh, Michael? Are the Judeo-Christian churches practicing the feasts of, of Yahweh? No, they don't practice anything of the Torah. They better learn fast. <laughs> All right, back to you. Um, this is the punishment of Mitzrayim and the punishment of all the nations that do not come up 
to celebrate the festival of Sukkot. In that day, set apart to Yahweh, shall be engraved on the bells of the uh, horses, and the pots in the house of Yahweh shall be like the bowls before the slaughtering places. And every pot in Jerusalem and Yehuda shall be set apart to Yahweh of hosts. And all those who slaughter shall come and take them and uh, cook in them. And there shall no longer be a merchant in the house of Yahweh of hosts in that day. Oh, I like that. <laughs> all right. Okay. So, we see that what is coming is the revival, the total revival of all of Yahweh's laws after the Judgment Day and part of the Judgment Day because we will be judged as to whether we have obeyed His laws or not. And then after the Judgment Day, they will be firmly uh, observed with swift punishment for those who do not obey. Okay? So, is there now who are the merchants? Your translation says merchants, mine says Can- Canaanite. Who are the major merchants in the world? Oh, it is the the, yeah. the Canaanite, Jewish, uh, Rothschild, their banking system. All of them are merchants. Right. So here we can see that it's the Jews who are the merchants. Here again, the rabbi fails to explain, verse 21, that the Jews who are the merchants of the world will be judged. And they will no longer exist anymore. Is this a prophecy that the Jews will bring peace to the planet? No, Only by their kind of peace. That yeah. is not peace for, for anybody. Only by their demise will peace occur on this planet. Okay? All right, folks, this has just been a cursory examination of the this rabbi's claims about the Jews being God's chosen people and about you know their claims that the Jesus is not the Messiah. None of the context of any of these verses proves that rabbi to be correct in any way. Okay? Of course, but the Judeo Christians do the same thing. They take verses out of context and then they claim and then they reassemble them to make a mincemeat, and this mincemeat they claim to be scripture. Right? That's the that's the situation we're in, folks. All right, Michael. Good job. I think I hope that the listeners uh, appreciate the, the meaning of today's lessons. The Jews are liars. Tell me lies. Tell me sweet little lies. And, of course, we have to stop believing those lies if we want to get into the kingdom and regain uh, our sovereignty over planet Earth because it's given to us, not to all people. It's just given to the descendants of Adam through Seth and not to anybody else. Okay? All right, Michael. Thanks for narrating. Uh, uh, praise Yahweh for the truth that has been uh, spoken today. And let's hear a little bit more of Sweet Little Lies from Fleetwood Mac. Thanks for listening, everybody. Praise Yahweh. Thank you, Michael. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Goodbye. Good.
Well, the Jews have certainly disguised their lies for the last 2,000 years, and we can only pray that our people finally wake up. Thanks for listening, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye.